Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Travis Schreier, the BamaOnline.com staff, following the media viewing period at Monday's practice at University of Alabama football drills. The Crimson Tide moves into Iron Bowl week following a 66-3 win over the Catamounts of Western Carolina on Senior Day this past Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. We were inside a very warm and cozy Coleman Coliseum on this Monday afternoon as we... uh, we get ready for some hoops down in the Bahamas for the Alabama men's basketball team on Wednesday. Going to take on the mighty Tar Heels of North Carolina, Nate Oates, and his 2-2 two and two squad. Uh, should be interesting. That's Wednesday afternoon, 1.30 p.m. Central tip-off from the Battle for Atlantis down there in the Bahamas. Again, Alabama, North Carolina, 1.30 Central on Wednesday. That game will be televised on ESPN. Uh, the Alabama women's team with a win yesterday in New Orleans over Tulane. So the Alabama women's team now 4-1 and one after dropping their season opener right here in Coleman Coliseum to Hampton have reeled off four straight wins. Uh, got a couple more winnable games, I'd say, coming up for that squad. And uh, we'll see how it goes once they get into SEC play. But uh, good start for the Alabama ladies as well. Once again, out there on a chilly afternoon, getting dark so early, you know, these days. So uh, rapid sunset taking place out there. But the Crimson Tide uh, working out in shoulder pads and helmets. And I would say from an injury perspective, as more and more of you convene here on Instant Analysis on this Monday, uh, pretty good outlook. Uh, there was one semi-surprise, I'd say, out there, and you're going to see uh, a lot of this, if not all of this, in Charlie Potter's practice report coming up at BamaOnline.com. But from an injury perspective, uh, a new face, a new return, uh, a return to the practice field, at least on a very limited basis. So before we talk about this, understand that this guy isn't going to play Saturday against Auburn. I don't think he's going to play at any point in what's left of this 2019 season. But in terms of his progress back from what was obviously a very serious uh, foot-slash-ankle type situation back in August, good to see Trey Sanders out on the practice fields. Now, he was sort of off to the side working with an athletic trainer one-on-one. He was doing some ladder footwork drills. You probably can see the tweet. Uh, either on the personal Twitter account or it's been retweeted by BamaOnline.com. <clears throat> Just a brief clip of uh, Trey Sanders getting in some 
uh, footwork drills and trying to return from that injury from back in the preseason. So that was a positive. You know, when you're thinking realistically for Trey Sanders and you're thinking about 2020 and perhaps getting him more involved uh, in spring practice next April, next May, March and April, I'd say it was a very promising sign to see signs, a good signs of Trey Sanders working his way back to the form that had him as the nation's number one running back recruit for the class of 2019. Uh, this team could have used Trey Sanders. It's interesting in, in retrospect to think about you know, what type of role he might have filled. I will say this, with sort of the sluggish start that Alabama got off to in the run game and at the running back position in general those first couple of games, uh, Trey Sanders would have had a little bit of a window there, I think, uh, with Duke and New Mexico State. Uh, in that first two or three weeks to have made a big impression. And so we'll never know. But Najee Harris has been lights out, as we do know, here in the last six games especially. Uh, Najee, once again, uh, you know, with all the touchdowns this guy's scoring, what is it, 12 now in the last five games, something crazy like that. He had another touchdown catch Saturday against Western Carolina. That was his seventh of the season. That's the most by an Alabama running back in a single season in program history. So, look, Najee's been great, but you always got room for another one. And I think Trey Sanders, had he stayed healthy, you're looking at a guy that would have been very much in that mix. You know, 100 to 150 carries maybe as a true freshman for Trey Sanders. We'll never know. You know, it's all hypothetical. It's all, you know, in in, uh, a guess, but uh, still fascinating to consider. Now, Alabama otherwise on the injury front during Monday's practice. Uh, we did see the three defensive linemen who sat out Saturday's game against Western Carolina. We saw Raquan Davis up with that first group going through some of the early individual drills. That was a real positive sign. It looked like he had that left ankle pretty heavily taped, as you might expect. But Raquan, after hearing from Nick Saban earlier in the day that he anticipated Raquan, DJ Dale, some of these guys being day-to-day, uh, it was a real positive, I thought, to see Raekwon out there with the other defensive linemen going through drills with Brian Baker. Um, what you, you know, what you wonder about with Raekwon, maybe more than anything, looking ahead to Saturday, isn't whether or not he'll try to go. I, I think we all know this is his last shot in an Iron Bowl. So I would think absolutely Raekwon Davis is going to do everything he can to play. I, I, I would say, based on just the little bit we saw today. He's going to give it a go Saturday. The question with that type of injury, especially at his position, is how long can he go? You know, how much does that ankle, how much will it have in it? We don't know. Uh, and so we'll monitor, obviously, his progress throughout the rest of the week. But I took that as a real positive sign uh, for Saturday. Um, didn't see DJ Dale doing as much. He was out there. He was dressed. Uh, he was with the defensive line. But it looked like Fedarian Mathis and Raekwon of those three were more active in the individual drills. Short time we're out there on Monday, so understand that as well. Um, so that was a positive. We did see Henry Ruggs third back with the wide receivers uh, on Monday. So, you know, again, another guy that you would expect come Saturday is going to be out there with the rest of that offense, uh, which is never a bad thing to have Henry Ruggs out there, even with what you saw from Jalen Waddell in his first 100-yard game of the season against Western Carolina, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith. You know, and maybe those guys, like Devontae, 
and Jerry Judy will be uh, even more motivated this week. If you saw earlier today, the finalists for the Fred Bolitnikoff Award for the nation's top wide receiver, those were announced, and no Devontae Smith, 1,000-yard receiver, through 11 games, 13 touchdown receptions through 11 games, and no Jerry Judy, the reigning Fred Bolitnikoff Award winner. So uh, Alabama not represented kind of talked about this last week a little bit in terms of the award shows this year and how Alabama players have become such a, a big centerpiece of those shows. Not so much this year. No, kind of thought maybe Xavier McKinney might sort of squeak in there in some of these awards that he was up for. Thorpe Award, I guess, primarily as the nation's top defensive back, but no. So uh, it'll be a, it'll be a pretty quiet award season from the Alabama perspective. You've had two out of the last three Outland Trophy Award winners from the University of Alabama. Jonah Williams last year and Cam Robinson in 2016. Uh, so that's, a, that's, that's something you've grown used to as an Alabama fan, but that's kind of where it sits this year. You know, you've had so many injuries. I mean, you think about the possibilities if Tua is healthy for a full 11 games to this point. Obviously, you know, he's in the mix. Dylan Moses, the Buckus Award. Uh, Anthony Jennings made it through a cut or two of that. Um, And Anthony's had a great year. Uh, But Dylan Moses had some pop uh, going into the season, so you lost that. Uh, More importantly, you lost who he is on the field to this team. Uh, back in August. So, you know, that's kind of where it's at right now with the individual awards. But as far as the injuries go, I would say all in all on Monday, uh, pretty good report if you're an Alabama fan uh, and you're thinking ahead to Saturday and and what it's going to take to get the job done on the road against a really solid Auburn team, uh, a team whose identity is based more, I would say, on the defensive side of the ball for sure. Specifically, those two defensive linemen, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson. More to that Auburn group than just those two guys, but that's obviously where it starts. That's where everyone else on that defense sort of feeds off of uh, is the presence and production, starting with Derek Brown inside, Marlon Davidson at end, um, you know, and some, some veterans in that secondary. Javaris Davis, this is going to be his fourth start in an Iron Bowl for the Auburn Tigers. Same for Marlon Davidson. He'll be making his fourth start in an Iron Bowl. So uh, that's where the matchup starts on Saturday. That Auburn defense and a 2 less Alabama offense with Mac Jones jumping in there behind center down on the plains. Trying to think if I'm missing anything else of note from the practice, and I can't think of anything in particular right now. What do you got for me? Anything as far as... uh, Questions, comments here on a Monday edition of Instant Analysis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Reed is not happy about Tua being dropped from the uh, Heisman discussion because of the injury. Well, unfortunately, that kind of uh, goes with it. John asking about Najee and whether or not he comes back for his senior season after his late surge. 
Um, gosh, you know, I, usually if you're a running back and, and you're on a heater like he's on, uh, you typically don't come back. And where it gets tricky for Najee is just value at his position in general is not what it is at a lot of spots. So that old axiom or that old sort of standard of, well, if you're not a first-round guy, you should come back. Well, how many first-round running backs are there going to be anyway? You know, you can be – look at Derrick Henry. and You can be a hell of a running back. And it still doesn't mean you're going in the first round. So, you know, for Najee, I think it's going to be a very interesting decision um, if I were to guess right now, and that's all it would be, if he kind of finishes off this season the way that he's progressed in the last month and a half, it would be hard for me to see Najee Harris coming back. Marco says that Mac Jones is going to shock the world and handle Alban solidly, Marco says. Yeah, Richie, um, I think Saban was asked about Tua making that trip to Jordan-Hare, and he kind of left that in Tua's lap, you know, obviously coming off the surgery and everything else. I'm sure Tua wants to be there, but kind of left it as a we'll see. Thomas is asking about the college football playoff picture, in my opinion. Well, I think you've got three teams that look to be solidly in the four, right? I mean, Clemson basically had its – conference championship game a couple Saturdays ago against Wake Forest at home for crying out loud. So you know Clemson's in as one of the four. Um, I still like Ohio State to beat Michigan this week. And even if Ohio State doesn't beat Michigan, if it wins its conference championship game, it's probably still in. Um, You know, I think LSU will beat Georgia in Atlanta. Love the way Georgia plays defense. Really like the kind of style of play Georgia plays with. It's almost throwback football, but you got to score points in today's game. And 20 isn't going to do it as good as that Georgia defense is. 20 isn't going to do it, I don't think, against LSU. So I'm going chalk with three of those four, and then you've got the fourth team. And, you know, I felt like even before Saturday night that Utah would probably handle Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon losing on the road to Arizona State didn't change that line of thinking. I think that kind of hurts Utah a little bit, though. If you're Utah... And if you were Oregon, you wanted each other to sort of run that table to that championship game to sort of help both of your resumes. I don't think it helps Utah that Oregon lost um, because I think both those teams were still potentially going to have to deal with Alabama, and that's where the Alabama-Auburn game is obviously huge this weekend. I wouldn't discount Oklahoma, which has Oklahoma State on the road this weekend and then the championship game in its conference. Um, I don't think Oklahoma – If Oklahoma didn't really impress the committee with a road win at Baylor two weeks ago, I'm not sure what a three-point win at home over a 500 TCU team this past weekend is really going to do. So I think if you're Alabama, you just win Saturday, and then you put the selection committee exactly where it doesn't want to be. It doesn't want to be on the hook with Alabama sitting there at 11-1, and perhaps two conference champions um, at 11 and 1. So, in my opinion, who were the two best teams to match up in the college football playoff? The two best teams right now, if they were to play, I would say it's I would say it's LSU 
in Ohio State, but where I'm a little hesitant there is that I love the experience Clemson's program has in that setting. I think there's a lot more value to that uh, than you realize from a coaching staff perspective, from a lot of the players that were part of that team the last couple of years, not just last year. Um, I just, you know, as much fun as we have with Clemson and the ACC, I just would not discount Clemson at all once it sets up. I can tell you this, if Clemson's going to sit there in that three spot, LSU and Ohio State desperately want to be in the one. They don't, you know, they would much rather, Clemson, LSU or Ohio State right now, would much rather play either a 2 Alabama or Oklahoma or Utah in that first semifinal, in that one semifinal. They do not want to see Clemson uh, in that semifinal. Anything else before we get out of here on a Monday? It's already dark outside, man. Yeah, they do, Jake. Um, they have a very weak schedule, but it's kind of like Alabama, right? Um, you know when you see it. And you know, when you look at Clemson, you, you see a really good football team, or at least I do. Johnny, we talked a little bit about Auburn's DBs earlier. Um, a lot of experience there, but you know this is still an Auburn secondary, even if you want to talk experience, well, you know, look at Alabama's experience at wide receiver. And when you look at Alabama's top four wide receivers from a year ago in that game here in Tuscaloosa, Judy, Smith, Waddle, and Ruggs, I added it up today, and I believe the four of them combined for 278 receiving yards and five touchdowns. So the matchups should still be good for Alabama on the back end. And I think if you're Alabama, um, you know, ideally you would like to come out and get some easy touches for those guys. I think Auburn is going to be very aware of that, though, and going to look to take away that. And as crazy as this sounds, going to kind of check under Mac Jones's hood and say, first of all, we're going to see if they can protect you well enough up front. And then second of all, we're going to see if you can hit some throws in the intermediate to deeper areas. And I think um, I think that's what Mac's going to have to do, and I think Alabama's going to have to be prepared early in the game to take some shots. Um, because I, I don't I don't think Auburn is going to play soft or as soft. You know, last year watching the game back here in Tuscaloosa, Auburn was very cognizant of Alabama's explosiveness. Ultimately, it didn't matter. Um, but you saw some split safeties and two deep safeties with two out there. I don't know if you're going to see as much two deep safeties with Mac. Not until at least Alabama hits them for some plays against uh, some cover one and middle of the field safety. So, you know, I think uh, I think the opportunities will be there. Uh, it's just uh, protecting Mac first and foremost. Mac having confidence in his protection. Not being skittish, not being quick to sort of give up on his protection, and then being accurate on some of those throws. <laughs> Thomas, I don't think there's any doubt if Alabama wins on Saturday, they're very much in that mix uh, for that number four spot. You know, at 11 and one with a five-point loss to the number one ranked team in the country, it will then be on the selection committee to tell Alabama it's not one of the four best teams in the country. That's all you can do. 
Sammy, I think that Bama factor thing kind of goes both ways. Uh, I wonder, I do think, and I've said this before, talked about it on my radio show, written about it. I do think brand matters. And I think when it comes to brand, we all agree that Alabama right now is Coca-Cola. And some of the teams that are in that mix or have been in that mix are kind of like when you go to the lake, you know, or the beach when you were a kid, and your parents would get that Shasta or that Winn-Dixie brand, Dr. Thunder, you know, that's what some of the other brands are. Now, where it gets a little bit weird is uh, is when you talk about Tula's Alabama's brand. How much does that factor into things, if at all? But, yes, I do think brand matters, absolutely. Jake, um, we talked about Trey Sanders earlier. Uh, we saw him out there today. Uh, Charlie noticed him first and then uh, was able to get over there and get a little video clip for Twitter that you've probably seen. He was out there working on the side, um, didn't have his helmet on, uh, didn't have a helmet, but he was in practice gear and working under the watchful eye of one of the athletic trainers there under Jeff Allen. So he's working back. He's not back. I wouldn't say he's back. Anything else before we get out of here, guys and gals? We really appreciate you, as always, joining us here on Instant Analysis. Again, I've got what Saban said and what we think it means at Bama Online. Uh, touched on some of Nick Saban's comments from today. I think it raised a few eyebrows when Nick said that Auburn is going to be the best team probably that Alabama has faced this year. Don't necessarily buy that, but I will say from the perspective of with what team Nick Saban has right now, it will be Alabama's toughest game. You don't have Tua Tonga by Aloha. That's going to make it tougher right there. Um, also got into some of the quarterback run issues that Alabama's had this year, and it's really, for me, a lot of it's as simple as just, you know, it's where you're at with your personnel. Um, you go from Quinnen Williams, you go from Isaiah Bugs, a couple guys that were in the teens when it comes to tackles for loss last year. And, you know, your leading tackle for loss guy on your defensive line right now is Christian Barmore, and he's got five. Quinnen last year had 19 and a half. Bugs had 13 and a half. You know, that's kind of where you're at. You feel for Brian Baker, the first-year defensive line coach, in that he missed Quinnen Williams and Isaiah Bugs, and if he's back, next year, then you're looking at uh, potentially reaping the benefit. Obviously, there's a benefit coming to playing all these young guys. It's just it's come with some lumps in 2019. Hey, anyway, appreciate it, gang. As always, a lot of fun talking with you here on Instant Analysis. If you missed any of this, it will upload on the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to us wherever you consume your podcasts. And if you don't mind, uh, where iTunes is concerned, leave us a review. It would help us out a little bit. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Instant Analysis. Thanks again. We'll talk to you again following the media viewing periods at tomorrow's practice. That's Tuesday's practice. We'll be back with Instant Analysis. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.